All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live nonstop Leafs talk starts now. What's good? Presented by Batano. It's the Wednesday edition of Lease Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa with you. And the reason why Jay is smiling sort of is because it's just a polarizing day for him. He's been waiting for this day. The big news out of Arizona last night. And it sounds like the days could be numbered in the desert for the Coyotes. Your thoughts, Jay? That's not true. I'm not happy about it. I want to <laughs> see the league perform. I want to see the league yeah, do well. Right. But this... This organization has just been a goddamn joke and a black guy for the NHL for quite a few years now. I mean, I think the only one holding on to hope is the handful of fans down there in Gary Bettman. It's not a town or even a state that can, you know, manage an NHL hockey club. That's been proven over and over again. And they just keep holding on for dear hope and the players are paying out of their pockets to keep this piece of shit afloat. They're playing in a goddamn college arena and it's the national hockey league do you think that the nba would ever do that do you think that the mlb would ever do that do you think the nfl would ever do that it's a joke we're supposed to be one of the top four outfits in professional sports in north america and for the longest time this this team in arizona has been a black guy on the league and i would love nothing more than if they filled it with twenty-two thousand fans every single night but they don't and they're not going to 
I suppose the silver lining is that uh, Austin Matthews may never have a chance to go home, which by proxy would mean he would just stay in Toronto, right? Does he, like, everyone just assumes that, like, does he want to go <laughs> play know. in Arizona? Like, like no one wants to ask him that or whatever. Like, he'd answer <laughs> no. it real, but I don't know. It's just, yeah. uh, just because he's from there, it's kind of a line, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I would, I love it down there. I love Arizona. I go golfing down there all the time. Um, I plan on retiring down in that area. I wow. think it's fantastic. I would love yeah. it if, uh, if if an NHL franchise could make it work there, but for what the 15 years that I can go back, and then much before that, it's been completely struggling, and every move they've made has basically made it worse. And it's time to probably move on. I wish they could put the rink right downtown Phoenix, Scottsdale, like they used to have it, and they I believe they sold out back in the day, but they move it out to fucking Tempe and out to Glendale and we've seen that movie before where it's nobody's team. No one has allegiance to it. Cause you put the barn out in the middle of the desert. Like it just doesn't work. It reminds me of like the difference between Florida Panthers barn and Tampa Bay lightnings barn. One's right downtown Tampa channel side drive loaded full. They've won three cups and then Florida, they're having a great year this year. But when you drive out to the boondocks and the Gators way the hell out there, it's uh yeah. It doesn't really feel like it's anybody's team. Is it Miami's? Is it Fort Lauderdale's? No, it's just a, a, a rink in the middle of the of the you know outlet malls and the retirement homes and yeah. the gator-infested Everglades. So I don't know. It's the same idea, but unfortunately, they're not going to make it work. In, uh, in Phoenix, it doesn't look like. Well, number one, never forget the team who just ousted the Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup playoffs and who's in the conference final. And number two, never forget that the Arizona Coyotes just simply own the Toronto Maple Leafs. Look at the statistics. So it's going to be a bittersweet day, I think, for Coyotes Nation, knowing the damage they've done against the Toronto Maple Leafs in the past. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Additionally, we're available wherever you can find your podcast. But again, subscribe if you're watching right now and not subscribed at the Leafs Nation 401. Like, share. Anything to help the algorithm out, we do please ask you to do that. Don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube. We'll get to them a bit later on in the show. Should mention another big-time guest today, Dave Poulin, former NHLer, former executive in the league now with TSN as a hockey analyst. Uh, he was part of the same organization as you too, right? Yeah, you bet. He's... Uh... Been in a couple outfits that I've been in and uh, came across mm -hmm. him all the time. And he seems to be everywhere, that guy, whether it's uh, within an NHL front office or on the big boys on the TV and uh, analyzing everything else. So, yeah, he has been around the game a long time and he knows his stuff. So it's great to have him on. Salt of the earth is Dave Poole and he's coming up in about 10 or so. But for now, let's get over the boards. So my biggest question to start off today's show where in the world is Brendan Shanahan? Um, were you shocked he didn't speak on locker cleanout day on Monday? And are we just waiting for that shoe to drop when it comes to Shanahan and, and some type of announcement here, Rosie? I don't know. I don't read that much into it. I mean, you got to clean your lockers out pretty quickly after the season. Um, you've got, I think they want to make moves quickly and, and make some decisions. They don't want to wait all summer, but they do have all summer. And for Shanny to come and sit down, he's going to have to, you know, expected to tip his hat one way or the other, or else what's the point of even talking? So I can understand if he has not made a decision or doesn't want to lean either which way, why he wouldn't come and sit down. And, you know, what would be the point of that? He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't, all he's going to be asked is, are you going to do best? Are you going to keep? And he's going to be like, I don't have that 
information for you right now. So why bother sit down and, and field all those questions and waste everyone's time? On the other side, everyone seems to think that there's a hammer about to drop because he wasn't there sitting beside Dubis. Um, yeah you know, saying one thing or the other. So yet to be seen, but I mean, the amount that people read into it thinking that that definitely means he's about to drop a hammer. I don't really get, I don't really understand or or I don't really lean that way. I think that he wanted to take his time and there's no information to be passed on right now. So what is he going to go and sit and say on locker cleanout day? I guess that's the peculiar thing for me is like in recent years, he's been right there beside Dubis on the final day of the season where everybody meets the media. And this time around, he wasn't, which leads you to believe something's happening behind the scenes and granted maybe it's because of the whole Kyle Dubas situation what he said on Monday him taking some time but they need to make a decision really really quick here right like it's got to be in the next 10 days if you really speed things up and you activate sort of these no trades if you want to call that July 1st like uh, the draft's coming up like they have some big time decisions to make and they got to figure out one way or another what's happening with the coach what's happening with the GM right yeah I'm kind of thinking uh you know, around that early June, the first week of June is probably a time to maybe do that. Then nothing's rushed. You can kind of go over everything. You can have your meetings. You can get the input of the the ownership and everybody else, and you can get everything on the table. I mean, the last thing they're going to do is rush an announcement or rush a decision. But yeah, you'd think sooner than later here that's going to come. But again, the fact that it hasn't come um, you know, before the day the guys haven't even get their shit out of the locker room and he's going to sit down and yeah. make that. I, I don't put much stock into that. I think there's there's not that big of a rush to get it done. But again, time will tell, right? But I don't know. You, anyone can read into it as much as they want. I just, I just don't think it means as much as maybe people are thinking. Fair enough. Uh, time is of the essence for sure. But for me, I, I'm still playing the blame game, Rosie. I don't know if you are. Like, I'm still befuddled. Uh, not even a week later, we're sitting here. And granted, we knew this was coming as soon as they lost game three down 0-3. I think the statistics going into that was 199-4 to in terms of teams that came back down 0-3 in a series. So that's the data, all the data you need to hear. But I think from the blame game perspective, in your opinion, who deserves the most blame for this Maple Leafs team? And uh, another crippling postseason exit. I get they won a playoff series, but still, the ultimate goal still haven't reached anywhere close to it. It's the players that need to take the blame. They're the ones that are out there and, you know, you put the pieces together and you coach them up and there's only so much you can do after that as far as taking the blame for why those particular set of players didn't get it done. But when you got guys making, you know, tens of millions of dollars on these massive deals and, and you know, they're capable of doing X because they've proven it and they just don't do it when things get tough. That is completely on the players. I mean, you you can only coach them so hard. You can't put the fire in a guy's belly. You know, you want a guy where you have to kind of pull back on the reins a little bit because they're going, they're going crazy out there. They want to win so goddamn bad. You don't want players that you have to crack the whip on all the time. And it seemed like just about every core piece of that roster that they've built it around needed the whip cracked on them or they needed to get shook and saying fucking do something because they just didn't and they yeah. just stayed perimeter and they didn't get that fire in the belly they did not seem to get even remotely pissed off or intense and that's on them that's not on anybody else you are a professional you get paid to be here i don't care if you're league minimum or if you're the top contract in the league, you're a, you're, it's a privilege to play in that league and you got to prove yourself every day. And these guys haven't proved themselves in the playoffs and they've almost, 
you know, the way they structure their interviews and things like that, I think has pissed enough people off in Leafs Nation who care about this team and have passion for where they're headed because they're really not saying the right things, you know. They're they're talking about, yeah, I'm going to decide I want to be here. You know, I like to play here. And I think okay, it's like, fuck, dude, who said we want you? What have you done for us? We don't, no one cares about trophies in the regular season and shit like that. We do not care. This team, this city, this market is dying for some playoff success. And all this group has given them in what, like seven years is painful exits. Even though you got over the first round, that, that should not be the goal for a, a crew that's capable of putting up 115 points in the regular season for a group of players that can show that they're that good at hockey to, to just get over the hump of the first round. My goodness, that's not good enough. And they should know that, but it seems like it's been such old hat with going through the same narrative of playoff failures that it's like, it's almost been creeped in that it's been accepted almost like, yeah, well, hell, it's like, fuck, man, we, that's a hundred percent on the players. And the fact that all anyone talks about is Dubas and, and Keefe and stuff is a little bit concerning as far as what direction they're going to go, but the players just don't get it done. And that's the end of the line. I like that rant, man. And that's why I pay you the big bucks here at Leafs Nation. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like my big questioning is what else can Kyle Dubas do? What can Sheldon Keefe do? I guess there's always got to be a scapegoat. And I think ultimately that scapegoat will come to fruition, whether it's Dubas, whether it's Keefe, whether it's both. But the fact of the matter is your core four, the guys you pay the big money to, three goals in five games, and more specifically, Austin Matthews, zero goals in five games. John Tavares, zero goals in five games. And, and that in there you know, lies sort of what happened in that series. On top of that, I've just had a big issue with people blaming the officials as the reason why the Leafs lost this series. Number one, okay, you get those power plays. You probably still don't score. Because last time I checked, the well runs dry on the power play, this unbelievable power play. Remember when John Tavares joined? It could be the best power play ever. Well, number one, Edmonton still has a better peeper than yours. And number two, you don't score when it matters anyways. But I just couldn't get over the fact that people are are pinpointing the refs as the reason the Leafs lost that series. No, look at your big boys. There's a true answer. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If, you, if your margin for winning and losing is hinged on a single or, or maybe a couple of power plays, then you're not even close. Like, mm -hmm. get over yourself. 
yeah, every team that you follow closely, there's going to be missed calls and there's going to be breaks that you get. And I think every team has experienced that. Some people want to crunch the numbers and look at the stats and say the Leafs get the, the short end of the stick and there's all these conspiracies about the league being against them. Why would the league be against the Leafs? They bring in as much revenue as anybody. I mean, a Leafs-Oilers finals would be great for the league. There's, there's That stuff's all silly. But at the end of the day, if your margin for error is within a power play of getting or not getting between winning and losing, your team's not even close. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that situation. Uh, I mean, sometimes you got to pull your big point, uh, big boy pants up and just do the damn thing. And quite frankly, ultimately it comes down to the players. And again, I, do you agree with the fact that there has to be a scapegoat in this situation? Like there has to be somebody who who takes the fall? Well, not in that sense. I mean, I don't. I don't need an axe to fall just to hear it chop. I don't. I don't need to unload someone just to say, "See, we did something." I want to figure out why the hell this group can't win in the playoffs and fix it, right? And at the end of the day, we've talked about it many times, even before these playoffs, they don't show up in the playoffs and score the goals that they're paid to do. So in my mind, something within that core four, you can't go paying all these guys $10 million for the same result in the playoffs. You need somebody with that you know to chuck like feel or even like that sam benefield somewhere that'll go through a wall that plays playoff hockey because no one in that core four plays playoff hockey they don't go to the tough areas they don't drive the net they don't get dirty they don't stick up for themselves they don't dominate they just hope and they just hope and it doesn't get it done repeatedly so in my mind if an axe is going to fall you're not chopping someone's head off you're just going to have to move some pieces around and try to make your team better suited for the playoffs it's funny you say that and we're trying to connect here with dave pool and hope to have him in a couple moments but it's funny you say that because watching the seattle dallas game the other night man it, it felt like a game seven yeah it was a bit more open but the urgency the pace the attention to detail like I was watching that game and I'm like, there's no way the Leafs even are close to any of these two teams, whether it's Seattle or Dallas. And that was concerning for me. Yeah, it's weird, man. I have trouble putting it in words because when you're watching yeah. the Leafs and they need something to be done, it's just kind of like, like there, there's trying going on. There's no doubt. There's effort, but it's like this individual effort, like, oh, maybe I can beat this guy and then go through his legs and then roof one on the side. Oh, it didn't work. And it's never like a, it's never, um, it's never an attack that's together. That's like a systematic, we're all on the same page. We're, we're going North and we're, we're overwhelming their D and we're making plays and we're finding the gaps and we're breaking them down and we're peppering them. It's not that it's always kind of this individual effort where if it's some highlight reel where you get the breaks and the guy misses his assignment, you can score the nice goal. But that's kind of it. And then in the playoffs, when that doesn't happen very often, those teams are well-oiled machines. Defensively, they're almost perfect. And you have got to wear them down to get your chances. And the Leafs don't even attempt to scratch the surface of wearing a team down. They just kind of have their little individual efforts and very high skill, very talented players putting moves on guys. But it's never um, a concise team first identity playoff mentality driving down the ice it always looks like less and it never gets it done yeah pretty much that's what it comes down to and i, I just when we hear from brendan shanahan i'm just so curious to hear what the tone was like the last couple of years has been killer instinct it's quite clear they still don't have that 
I mean, you could make that case for the 31 teams who don't win the Stanley Cup. They don't have the killer instinct. So I just think it was sort of a buzz phrase to use to get the media off their backs. But I'm just very curious to see what he thinks this team needs to finally get over that hump. And on top of that, I wondered when they win a playoff series, was that going to be enough for them not to make seismic changes? But Rosie, maybe it's the way they lost to Florida. I think that was a concerning part, no? Well, I think so. I mean, if they battle and and grind and put up a big effort and get it to game six or seven and, you know, just get beat by a better team, it's a little different. But they they just they didn't seem to show up at all. They were completely flat. I mean, you could argue the first two games that they did have better and they got goalied a little bit. But that's the playoffs. You got to you got to go through that adversity and, and find a way. And then, OK, the first two games, whatever, we didn't get the bounces. That's not going to last forever come into game three with your best effort, they went the opposite direction of it. And yeah, it, it looks bad. And I don't know, to, 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 to blame this on, on Shanahan and to blame it on, you know, Keith or, or anybody else, it's, uh, it just seems like they had all the reason in the world to think that these guys would battle and they would compete and they would have that killer instinct. They put together an amazing roster, a bunch of talented hockey players, and it's just at the end of the day, I do believe that the onus is on that core four to be better in the playoffs. And someone's got to step up and play playoff hockey. Someone's got to change their mentality about how they go about the game because it just doesn't work for them in the playoffs. And nobody did. So that's where the, the blame lies for me. It's not with anyone upstairs. I mean, you can put together a good roster and trust that they're going to compete. And if they don't, I mean, that's not really on you, is it? No, no. And just an update as well. We try to connect with Dave Poole and the system's just not working. So we're going to try to get him down the road, maybe on Friday. We tried our best behind the scenes, just uh, couldn't come to fruition from the video standpoint. But uh, rest assured, we will get your old buddy Dave Poole in on the show. But I, I think you make compelling points. And I just think, honestly, we were all duped. And maybe we were sucked in a bit by finally winning a round, finally winning those three games in OT, like you felt the killer instinct was there. I remember vividly asking you, Rosie, does this team finally have the killer instinct we're looking for after the O'Reilly game? And then, you know, you flip the script to round two and you're like, shit, here we go again where the urgency isn't there. Like I remember game one where Toronto played decently, but it was like, it was like a Sunday morning stroll where they had lost all urgency and all pace to their game. And, and all like, you know, you know, you know when you're just, intensity it's you know like the intensity was a big thing for me in that series too like they were skating around like it was beer league puck yeah i would agree and i mean nothing's more evident than that than when you know it starts to get physical out there and there's some scrums and there's guys taking liberties and like i i can't really remember in the playoffs a team just <clears throat> getting blatantly attacked for the sake of I'm going to humiliate you <clears throat> I'm going to make you look ridiculous and I'm going to demoralize you because I know that I can and Stamkos did it and uh Bennett did it and Tachuk did it and these aren't even like their big tough mean guys out there just to stir the pot these are their like stars deciding that after the whistle after the period after the game I'm just going to start ragdolling guys because I know everyone's just going to stand there and watch. And the guy that I'm doing it to is just going to stand there and hold on and wait till it's over. And I'm sorry to say, but it's a pathetic look. This is hockey. This is a physical game. This is bred on intensity and sweat and and testosterone like, oh my goodness, I said that word. Oh, so toxic, so toxic. This is fucking hockey. 
And that stuff wins the Stanley Cup. If you don't like that, then go watch something else. That has not changed no matter what the world looks like today. That is what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. And when you bring none of it, it's kind of a bad look. It's kind of embarrassing. And I thought there was a couple of points in time throughout those two series where it was embarrassing for the club that I rooted for because they didn't stand up for themselves. They didn't take any pride in themselves. I think they lost some dignity. And it was a huge spotlight shone on how unwilling they are to cross that line into intensity territory. And that's what pisses me off about this group. And that's what I think needs to change. And do I think Mitch Marner and Matthews and Nylander and Tavares are great players and have wicked assets? And if they did happen to go to another organization, they'd probably come into Toronto one day and break our hearts and rack three up on us. And they'd probably have great careers and they might go win a Stanley Cup. It doesn't matter. It doesn't work in this formula and it doesn't work with this group arranged the way it is. We've established that. Now we have to take what we have, which is quite valuable, and move some things around in exchange, try to get something that it's going to add that in the playoffs. We need a better playoff team. We need a team that looks more the way the Florida Panthers do this year. Not last year. They didn't have it, and they blew shit up, and they got what they needed, and now they're having success. You need to do that and follow that formula. Get rid of what's not working. Add what you need. Another great one, dude. You're on fire. Like I feel like I don't even need to be here sometimes, and that's just a pump sometimes up to your get tires. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Uh, pathetic is the other word I would throw into your description there, but you hit the nail on the head. Exactly how I feel. And again, I, I will take credit for setting you up for this situation. Again, we started working together in October and I said, Rosie, just ride, ride that wave of momentum in the regular season because I tell you it's going to be dark times in the postseason. And then we sit here on May 17th and yes, it is very, very dark. So I applaud my efforts uh, coaching you up for this situation. Anyways, the Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly, and I won't lie. I, I'm missing Stanley Cup playoff hockey. I felt lost. I was just sitting on my couch yesterday watching the New York Yankees cheat. And that's the series I'm looking at. So the Yankees have won two in a row here. By the way, if you ain't cheating, ain't trying. Um, and I, for one, am somebody who grew up on baseball. It's my number one sport. A lot of people might not know that. But Aaron Judge is a nothing wrong. Last time I checked, you can, you can steal signs in the game of baseball. Maybe the Jays should do a better job. And the pitcher, I believe, admitted he was tipping his pitches, and Aaron Judge is the best hitter in baseball, so yeah, he's going to fucking eat you for dinner. Anyways, I digress. I like the under in this game tonight. So you have Garrett Cole on the hill for the Yankees, one of the best in the game, and Chris Bassett. Uh, I'll be the first to admit I didn't like the offseason signing, but he's been superb lately for this Blue Jays team. So I'm taking a peek at the under 7.5 at plus money on your screen. I think it's a game the Jays need to get after losing the first two, but it's the Jays and the Yankees, Garrett Cole um, against Chris Bassett. Hey, if you say so, man, I don't know as much about ball, not even close, but I yeah. do know that if I'm going to pay attention to a game, the Yankees and the Blue Jays would be the ticket for me. So uh, I was watching the highlights this morning, saw the drama. I always love it. I love baseball, how they just chirp Dude, and they fucking true, right? hate each other. Oh, that they unload dip, right? on each other and chirp calling dip? them fat boy. What's that? What, did you see Germán and on his like hip? They thought it was like residue for the ball spin rate, but I think it was dip. It was chew. Wow. How do you get chew all over your freaking hands as a pro baseball player, well, man? That stuff, you, you get it. got it, and it, 
all over your hand? Like what the, you get it all over your hands and wipe it on your uniform? Not a chance. What yes. were they feeling his hands for? And what, it was something sticky. They were feeling his hand, feeling his hand. And then they just go, you're gone. That's fucking guaranteed. <laughs> and then as he's leaving, all this brown shit's all over his hands. Like, I'm sorry, that is not dip. That's a guy trying to get a little junk on his ball. <laughs> I thought you said junk on his balls. Junk on his ball. It's important to say that. But if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I just think it's hilarious that these guys on a nightly basis come out and say we've done nothing wrong, nothing wrong. And it was only coincidence that the Jays and, and the broadcast team did a great job the other night, caught Aaron Judge uh, peering into the dugout for signs or the Jays were tipping something. And then the night after, the Yankees pitcher cheats and... Uh, Maybe I'm um, naive in thinking it was chewing tobacco. Although I have played baseball with chew in my mouth, it does get a bit messy, dude. That's why I played high school play baseball, just to dip in the back of the bus. Teachers would never see it. I was the captain of that team for a reason, buddy. <laughs> just filling up Powerade bottles in the back of the bus, eh? Dude, we would just sit in the back of the bus, high school baseball. This guy named Roger, he was an absolute stud. I think he played D1. He would pine tar my bat. Like, I had a brand new bat. And dude, we worked on this bat all season long, just pine tar, pine tar and dip, man. <laughs> and he had the rosin going. Like that was every every trip to another school. That's all it was about. That was the reason why I played high school baseball. It wasn't actually about playing. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's cool. Baseball is cool, man. I mean, you play all through the yeah. summer every day. I remember I was lucky enough. I threw the first pitch out at a Jays game one time when we were doing uh, um, Did something you? in Toronto. Anyway beforehand you're in the you're in the clubhouse and you're cruising around and like it's a different mentality i watch football and it's like get your asses over here fucking run 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 do this and do that move 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 and they're just screaming at you the whole time baseball is just like guys eating ice cream right before the game yeah. one guy's playing playstation in his fucking stall right before the anthem the the manager's coach is cruising around just buddy buddy as anybody like it's so chill because you can't be intense for that amount of time for that amount of games but the atmosphere and the the culture around baseball is fucking awesome it's a bit different uh that is for certain and you play 162 games and then to bow out really really quickly it's uh longevity it's a war of attrition but it's a it's a much different sport and i think attention to detail fitness wise is a bit different than i would say in the uh, other sports like football the nba specifically the nhl different type of breed an athlete in Major League Baseball. So hope you enjoyed that pick today. we got hockey coming back tomorrow with Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final between the Canes and the Panthers. Uh, Abbas writes in, trade core four and Keefe. And that seems to be the consensus. Not so much Dubis, mm. but Sheldon Keefe is the guy that people think needs to take the fall for this. For some reason. Like, Leafs fans find every reason not to blame the players. It's somebody else's fault all the time, Rosie. Well, if it's between Dubis and Keefe, I, I would make a move with Keefe. And I mean, whether Quenville's available or this or that, but it just seems to me, to me, there is too much head scratchers as far as roster was concerned. I mean, if you look at the yeah. numbers on Justin Hall and how oh, often fuck. he gets scored on, and then to consistently be out there in the last 30 seconds of a period of a game when you're up a goal, when you're down a goal, and to be like the go-to shutdown guy when he's the least defensively responsible, I just can't, I just can't get over that. And then some of the scratches and some of the line combos and the at like the absolute blender of a lineup and 11 and seven down the stretch. You're not even playing Luke Shen the last eight games of the season for some reason. And he's yeah. supposed to be your accusation to be the big playoff 
D-Man, like just so many head scratchers. I'm like, what the hell? And then it seems like he was kind of like panicking, trying to keep up with Paul Maurice and trying to outsmart him. Meanwhile, you can outsmart yourself by trying to be too fancy. Sometimes you're in the playoffs. You've got you've, your work is done. You've got the the team that you think is good enough. Now roll your lines and and get your guys out there in the situations and don't overthink it. And if if it were to, up to me and you need to make a change, I would see if I can get someone for one or two of the core four and I'd, I'd make a coaching change. Just a different culture. You can't go into the season with the same shit happening because those guys, that coach doesn't doesn't exude the best out of that group. And whatever the hell their problem is, someone, something, somehow has got to get the best out of that group in the fucking playoffs. All I'll say is if Kyle Dubas comes back, there better be another press conference where he actually fields questions about some of the decisions he made, i.e. Matt Murray. Because if you think back to Monday, and granted, I believe everything he said. I understand it's a difficult job. um, But he really didn't take many questions about his roster. Um, All he pretty much said is everything's on the table. But there are some serious questions asked to some of the decisions he has made over the last couple of years, specifically Matt Murray. Like, that's the one thing. I'll always remember from this season, Rosie, because even before we did this gig together, I was like, what the fuck? What They're putting everything, all eggs in their basket on a guy who is always hurt. And surprise, surprise, Matt Murray's on the bench, which, by the way, I think actually hurts them more in the long run because now they can't come out and say Matt Murray's hurt because Matt Murray comes out on Monday and says, yeah, it was good to go. If they needed me, I was good to go. I was better off having, you know, even... Have, tell Matt Murray he's injured for the last game and have somebody back him up anyways. He's not going to play. But now I think they're in a shitty position where they can't come out and say to the NHL, this guy's hurt. You know what I'm saying? Well, he could have a little uh, off-season training incident. But uh, <laughs> that's getting that's yeah. getting baseball-ish if we're getting greasy. But I don't know. I mean, I don't think all the eggs were in the Matt Murray basket. They had this Samsonov no? kid. To, okay. I mean, they had a one-two punch. They covered their ass with samsonov and he did well for us and he came out of his shell and he had a bit of a coming out party saying hey i can be a good good goaltender in this league and in the event that matt murray lives up to his reputation and can't stay healthy you're not completely fucked i mean they wouldn't have made the playoffs if they had some bozo back up and had all their eggs in the matt murray basket but they knew they had you know, a secondary line of defense with Samsonov, who ended up becoming their primary. Um, Joseph Wall is looks like an up-and-coming talent who's damn near ready, proves he is ready. And I don't hold his feet to the coals for that decision as yeah. far as bringing him in. If you can rekindle something and keep him healthy, he's he still can be a pretty good goalie. He's, just, he's definitely proven now that he has way too much trouble staying healthy. Yeah, I, I've seen enough of Matt Murray, man. I don't know where you're sending that guy, Roby Island, San Jose, somewhere far the fuck away from Toronto, dude. I just imagine being a teammate of that guy. And I, I don't doubt for a second. There are pro athletes that are always hurt, man, but this guy's always hurt. Imagine showing up to the rink. Where's Matt? Remember that game we went to against Ottawa? Guy takes warm up, hurts his ankle, still good enough to back up. It's like, dude, I and maybe that's that's indicative of the way this team plays, the, this acceptance to losing that I keep re- bringing up that. Will you go that extra inch? Will you fight? Will you play fucking hurt? And sometimes I just, I wonder, dude. I, n- number two, I, I also thought there was going to be more injuries that came with this. Uh, all I heard was Matthews a bit with the wrist. I heard O'Reilly was a bit dinged up, which is unsurprising. He didn't have a healthy year all year. And Ilya Samsonov. But I don't know. Talking to a couple guys recently who won the Stanley Cup, they're like, if they're not black and blue every day, um, something's off. And they were correct with that assessment. But Rosie, we're going to leave it at that. Because again, we can keep talking and talking and talking. 
and we want to keep some for the rest of the shows until free agency, right? Yeah, we got time. We got time. We uh, we could dive yeah. into it for hours, but uh, we will do that yeah. over pieces and parcels over the next few weeks and months yeah. for sure. Yeah, and, and maybe we'll bring in, we're going to bring in John Scott at some point in time. He's always got an opinion. Uh, Mike McKenna, we hope to bring in over the next couple of weeks as well. Like, I think I want to dedicate an entire show to the goaltending situation because I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. Ilya Samsonov is back. Again, like, let's say they can't do anything or they have to LTIR Matt Murray. Well, you have to wait till day one of the season, then put his contract on LTIR. And Joseph Wall requires waivers. So, Again, a lot of question marks, but again, we're going to try to dedicate an entire show to the goaltending situation, and there's just so much ground to cover over the next couple of weeks as we wait for the bomb to drop. Again, our apologies when it comes to Dave Poulin. Again, we'll try to reconnect with him hopefully later this week or next week, but you will hear from Dave Poulin at some point in time. So we'll leave it at that. Many thanks to all of you once again in the chat. You were superb. You were on fire. Uh, varied in opinion, what we love to see as well. So make sure you subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401, and Rosie will talk tomorrow, buddy. Or uh, Friday, you excuse bet, me. Yeah. That's right. You're back on Friday. Yeah. yeah, we'll go back Friday, bud. Sounds good. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberg. I'll be back tomorrow. Dave Pignot, NHL insider for the fourth period, will be by, and we'll try to find out more what's happening behind the scenes with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Take care.